0: Hello, friends, and welcome to the U-Turn podcast. This is your host, Ashley Stahl. I'm a career expert, a speaker, a best-selling author of the book, U-Turn, Get Unstuck, Discover Your Direction, Design Your Dream Career. And I created the U-Turn book and the podcast as a place to help you connect to who you truly are at your core, and that's why every single week, I want to bring a guest on with the intention of helping you expand what's possible for you, both in your confidence, whether it's in work or love, and just in life in general. So let's get into this week's episode. What's going on, U-Turn friends? You know how much I love having a friend on the show, and I'm really excited today to bring you someone really special to me, and it's Andrea Crowder. She is a badass woman, and she specializes in nervous system regulation. She has a lot of courses, a lot of content. Her Instagram is packed with inspiration just around how to regulate yourself, how to create a life you're really excited about, how to break through trauma. Um, She has an incredible story from getting pregnant at a young age, being a stripper years and years and years ago, learning what sales really means when you have to sell like that, and so much more. And even better yet, everyone knows I moved to Florida and she is close by me, which has been such a blessing just to kind of feel her energy close by. So, Andrea, thank you so much for coming on to the show.
1: I had a first date last night and somehow it came up that I was a stripper and I was like, well, I learned how to sell. He's like, oh, you were a bad girl. And I was like, I do not subscribe to this label. Absolutely not. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, you are stripping like, what was it, 20 years ago now? How many years ago was it? Yeah, 20 years. Okay. We could cover so many directions. (laughs) I feel like you're such a reminder of transformation. I remember talking to you when we had coffee that time and you, and me just saying to you, like, what got you out of stripping? And you're like, I got pregnant and mm-hmm. had to change my life. And so if anyone knows how to regulate their nervous system, it's someone who goes through massive life changes. And I think the truth is that we're always in a state of change and transition. Um, and I think a lot of people struggle to kind of reconcile that and and be with that. So I'm curious on your end, like, what do you think it's been like before you discovered your um, trauma release system that you've been really getting out there with your colleagues? Um, What were some of the things that helped you regulate? What were some of the things that helped you transform? And can you just share a little bit about your story? My friend, are you ready to stay hydrated this summer? I have something for you. Grapefruit salt from Element. It's L-M-N-T, because healthy hydration isn't just about drinking water, it's about water and electrolytes. It makes sense. You lose both water and sodium when you sweat, and both of those need to be replaced to prevent muscle cramps, headaches, energy dips throughout the day. But most people only replace the water. So why is that? Well, since the 1940s, we've been told to drink eight glasses of water per day, thirsty or not. But drinking beyond your thirst is a bad idea. It actually dilutes your blood electrolyte levels, especially sodium, which leads to headaches, low energy, cramps, confusion, or worse. So this low sodium situation called hyponatremia is super common among endurance athletes. And the solution is not to stop drinking water either. It's to drink water with electrolytes. That is where LMNT, my favorite brand for electrolytes, has you covered. So former research biochemist Rob Wolf and Keto Gains co-founder Louis Villasenor formulated Element to provide the optimal ratios of sodium, potassium, and magnesium for health, performance, and energy. They also formulated Element to please your palate. It tastes so good. Try orange salt, citrus salt, watermelon salt, or you can experiment with five other flavors like this summer's grapefruit. I even like to put Element's chocolate flavor into my coffee in the morning sometimes. So Element just gave us a really fun offer. All you have to go do is head on over to drinkelement.com slash Ashley Stahl. That's D-R-I-N-K lmnt.com dot com slash A-S-H-L-E-Y S-T-A-H-L to receive a free sample pack of every flavor with your first purchase. My personal favorite is the watermelon and the lime. Again, that's drinkelement.com slash Ashley Stahl. Your salty little summer starts now.
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously getting pregnant will, will do that for you. You have a new North star and I didn't, I don't think I had one at all during that season other than um, I was like seeking this false sense of power and I was finding that in very dark places. At first, I started dancing. I I started actually just as a server. I was serving drinks and then I was like, wow, uh, they're making way more money. Than I am. And I wanted to pay for college, and my parents weren't um, financially able to support me. So my intention was to just use that as a temporary time to be able to put myself through school. And then kind of like the dark cracks of that world um, absorbed me, and school no longer became a priority. And I was massively into drugs, um, entrepreneur through and through from the beginning, like selling drugs. Uh, just not selling anything that I would, I would <laughs> like to be continue to sell it, sell today. But like you know, with any silver with with any dark situation, you can always give it a silver lining if you set that intention for yourself. So, um, I I got that job to pay for school, and the whole world just kind of sucked me right in. There was just enough trauma growing up for me to trigger me in so many different ways that for the first time in my life, I actually for the first time felt safe Mm -hmm. in that world because Mm -hmm. I grew up in a really – I grew up in an unsafe household for like the majority of my – from like second grade on. Mm -hmm. And I – you know, I would roll up to the club and the bouncers would take my keys and park my car and they would walk me in and they would pull my car up to the door and I was treated like a fucking celebrity. Wow. And just, you know, constant, constant, you know, um, eyes watching over me and their number one job was to make sure that I felt safe. So even though it was like a dark, dirty world, I actually felt really, really powerful for the first time. And then the guys that I would be hanging out afterwards, like they were they were the people that you didn't fuck with. Yeah. And I had a very, very false perception of power and safety in that world. And I, I think I really needed that, but it was um, – my integrity just went out the door. You know, when you're on drugs, it your whole life becomes about where do you get more and Mm -hmm. what you'll say and what you'll do to get it. And so there was this kind of final moment right before I got pregnant with my son, where I was sitting across the table for this guy from this guy and he was chopping up cocaine. And I was out of drugs. I wanted more. And he just started randomly talking about his friend who had just gotten out of jail. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm about to go hang out with my homeboy, Raymond, who just got out of jail for killing that guy like five years ago. And I was like, five years ago, Raymond. Wow. Like I'm like blown out of my mind at that moment, but it really like shook me and kind of gave me a moment of sobriety. And I was like, Raymond, Raymond who? And so he mentions his last name and I'm like sitting there staring at this guy. So when I was 14, my stepdad got shot in a gang initiation. He almost died. Like the bullet was, the doctor said the bullet was the width of three playing cards. Like if you went to Vegas and you were playing blackjack, it was three playing cards away from his heart. And, um, so I actually went to the trial and this young kid, my exact age was going to prison for this. Um, and, and his name was Raymond and I'm looking at him and I'm like, holy shit, it's the same person. And, I looked at him and I was like, that guy's not dead and that guy's my dad. And he was like, oh shit, (laughs) didn't mean to say that at this table, right? And so he finishes chopping up all the cocaine and he just slowly slides this plate across the table and he goes, have as much as you want. And I got to do as many drugs as I could possibly consume that night to the point where when I went home with my friend, we just pulled the car into – not even into her driveway. We drove straight up onto the lawn. I open the door. Her mom comes out. Her mom's talking to me. And um, I'm talking back to her, but I'm not speaking English anymore. I'm speaking gib- gibberish. Mm-hmm. I'm, my mouth is moving and I'm thinking that I'm coherent and I'm making sense, but nothing that I'm saying is English at this point. And I go climb into my friend's bed. I fall asleep and I don't wake up for at least like 24 hours. I keep like opening my eyes and I keep a look through those like old, you know, the blinds that are kind of like a common install on really cheap houses. Yeah, That's what was in this house. So I'm looking up and I'm seeing through like the cracks of these um, old blinds that there's still sunlight. And I'm like, oh, it must not be um, time to wake up. yet, yeah, I didn't realize it was already the next day. Oh, wow. And I don't know how I served that survived that night with like the size of my body and the amount of drugs that I did. I probably shouldn't have, but by the grace of God, I did. And I always say that, This was probably the moment where my son was in non-physical form, and he's like, "Somebody tag me in. She's going down. I gotta go in." And he just like dove into my uterus on the next time that I had sex. (laughs) (laughs) I my son is a product of pre cum, so guys, that's not (laughs) that's not an effective uh, method of pregnancy prevention.
0: (laughs) Oh my god, I had no idea. My gynecologist told me that pre cum is like shooting blanks, and so nope, nope, (laughs) there's sperm just swimming. You had a strong swimmer.
1: <laughs> wow. Obviously, like that was a divine moment and exactly what I needed. But um obviously, you know, I I, I wasn't going to be swinging around the pole with uh, a big pregnant belly anymore. So I moved to Vegas, got my life together. I was taking the bus to work at the limited to making $5 and 75 cents an hour. It was a very humbling moment for me going from making hundreds of dollars cash a night, um, to minimum wage that nobody could have lived off of. But, you know, I moved back in with my mom and I was like, okay, I got to save up for diapers. And, and that was the moment where I was like, I have to figure something else out, but it really wasn't the, decisive moment where it was time to change my life. That came after my son was born. And it was one of those 2 a.m. feedings. He was a little colicky at that age. And um, I had mastitis for any of um, the women who've already had children. I think a lot – if you haven't had it, you know what it is. But it's like a soreness that you get from breastfeeding that can turn into a really bad breast infection. Mm. And I was just like miserable – And he was crying. He wasn't latching. I was crying. And I remember just seeing like my tears fall into his face, and my tears were melding with his tears. And at that point, I just couldn't figure out whose tears were whose anymore. So I'm just staring at this tiny little human that's depending on me for every single little thing. And I said to him out loud through like ugly cry sobbing, and I said, I promise you, I will become a woman that you will be proud to call mom someday. And that was, like, the decisive moment of something has to change. It wasn't obviously a a quick, like, shift, but it was decisive enough to to know that I would never go back to the life that I came from and that I would always make a choice that um, that would be in support of his growth. And that was, I think, like, probably one of the most pivotal moments of my life.
0: Do you want to get your daily dose of greens but not feel like you're eating dirt? (laughs) This episode is sponsored in part by our dear friends over at Athletic Greens. And what I love about their greens powder is that they're not only carbon neutral, but they taste incredible. I started taking Athletic Greens because I really wanted to get all the nutrients and all the vitamins that I could in one swoop, and I just couldn't bring myself to keep drinking those celery, veggie, juice, smoothie things. I just wanted something that tasted good and was good for me and their greens are tropical tasty and yes their travel packs are perfect for road trips and getaways so you never really have to miss out i've been on athletic greens for the past year and i just can't seem to live without it anymore i've passed it on to a couple of friends and now it's become a staple for all of us i actually look forward to taking my greens every morning With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole-food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of nutrients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, focus, and your anti-aging, all the things. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. I actually even put it in a smoothie sometimes. To make it easy, head on over to athleticgreens.com slash u-turn, and you're going to get a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is head to athleticgreens.com slash U-turn to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Now let's get back to this week's episode. Wow. Okay. And I mean, first of all, it's it's so interesting whenever I have friends on the show because I hear your story in such a interesting way that I would never hear it when we're just sitting over a cup of coffee. It's interesting. I guess what I'm curious about is like, do you still feel like that girl is living inside of you that was at the club and going through that? Or do you almost feel like that was like a complete past life? Um, I guess I'm curious because I think all of us, like one thing we don't talk a lot about is processing time and chapters and how they just change. And we have no warning sometimes. (laughs) It's like, I'm here in Florida. I was living in New York. I was planning on going back after the winter and then I decided to stay. So I had no idea as I was just packing a couple large bags that that chapter was closing. And obviously changing from this kind of world where there's like this dark perception of safety into a much lighter and more intentional and real grounded sense of safety is powerful. But that journey is, I don't know, like I look back on the counterterrorism version of me at the Pentagon. It's like, I don't feel like the same girl. So do you ever have flashbacks of her or how did you really heal from those traumatic moments Um, over the years, like were there books that you turned to, or what was that special resource? If there was one or two that were turning points for you,
1: so in 2020, I was living the dream like I had completely changed my life. I checked all the boxes that everybody told me would create success in my life and create freedom. I was living in a million dollar house, Mercedes in the driveway, money in the bank, money coming in making multiple six figure income a year and still married to I I got married um in 2002 and still married to the same man going on I don't know like 16 years 15 years or something at that point in time so I had all of the things that society says if you just check these boxes you'll be free and I remember sitting on my couch looking at my kids on Christmas Day and everybody was just so chill, just living the dream. My kids were going through their presents. My ex, who's now my ex-husband, was just watching TV, chilling. And I remember looking at him and I'm like, how is it that he has this deep sense of peace and he could just be sitting there so fine? And I was choking down anxiety. Mm. Mm. I was miserable and I realized like I still felt like the scared little girl who was just trying to like plug holes in the ship. Mm. And so, even though I could look at my bank account and I could look at my life and logically I could say, I'm fine, I still felt so afraid. Like the logic and the illogical part of my mind and body had not synchronized yet. And there was still a facet of me that was swinging around that stripper pole for money, mm. like pray, praying for safety. Mm. And so it it was in that moment, that was another pivotal moment in my life where I was like, I never want to feel this way again. Like, what am I doing wrong to where I've built this life? And I still feel like the same girl who has none of it. Like, yeah this isn't what I was sold this is not the vision that society sold me. Right. So where did I go wrong and how do I fix this? And already an entrepreneur at that point and somebody who's always been um that that girl who just wanted to like seek to understand and then help other people figure it out too. Even before I was an entrepreneur I was like let me figure it out and then I'll tell I'll tell my friends it would be two or three people and then it would be 200 people and then 2000 people but that's always been my personality. And so I made myself a promise, like, I'm going to figure this out, whatever it takes. And so I started doing traditional types of healing, like scream therapy and like a lot of somatic therapy, and it would help me feel good. So it helped me cope, but I still couldn't clear. Like, it would just keep coming back. It was like playing fucking whack-a-mole, that game at the circus or whatever, where you like hit the head and it goes down and then it pops back up in a different spot. And I'm like, what is this? Yeah. So- Also in 2020, my ex was retiring from the military. The pandemic obviously happened and him having all of that space and no sense of direction or purpose anymore. The PTSD that he had um, acquired in his military career came roaring like a lion chasing you in Africa. Like it was absolutely awful for him, mostly in all of us, you know, really, Close behind as a number two, it was really, really hard for our family. And so, at the end of that year, he had a schizophrenic break from overtaking his um, Percocet, which was being prescribed from a parachuting injury in his military career. And he, I had to force him into a seventy-two hour psychiatric hold because I could—he wasn't sleeping, and I wasn't sleeping, and he was literally trying to go get in the car and chase things that weren't existing. He was laying in our bed and talking to dead people and pushing me over to make room for more. It was so wild, never experienced anything like that in my life. And so when he went into the psychiatric hold, he was finally willing to get more support. And I found this incredible trauma treatment center. Um, that supports trauma as well as addiction related to trauma called the Guest House Okella, in um, just three hours north of here in Florida. So we got really lucky that one of the best treatment centers in the world, people fly all over in the world um, to go here, was just three hours away from us. And I, he agreed to go into treatment and that really helped a lot with his trauma, but he wasn't willing to face the addiction. And that was ultimately the um, kind of the beginning of the end of of that relationship for us, but um, the thing that came out of that was when he got home from treatment, he was telling me about this process called ART, Accelerated Resolution Therapy, um, where he would there was this noise that would bounce back and forth between your ears, left to right. Mm-hmm. So you would listen to this headset, and then you would do these visualization exercises with it. So he took me through one. And all of a sudden, this um, this uh, like emotional distress that I was feeling was starting to clear. And I was like, this is fascinating. So his bigger traumas were taking four to five days to clear. And so his post-treatment plan was to go find someone else who also does ART since he was responding so well to it here in Florida, which is where we met Wayne Brown, um, still one of my closest friends to this day and like changed our family's life. But I realized that now I had PTSD from his PTSD and I went in for a a session with Wayne thinking that I was going to do ART and he introduced me to... RRT, which is rapid resolution therapy. I went in with this anger of an event that I had gone through with my ex that I couldn't let go of. And people kept saying, like, forgive, release, let go. And I'm like, I'm the most forgiving person in the whole world. Nobody understands this trauma. Like, I know who he is. I understand why this event happened. I don't logically carry a grudge for it, but I could not surrender this anger to save my life. And that was all of the, all of the, the entire healing world was saying like, surrender, somatic, this and that. And I did everything like energetic, alchemy, Reiki, um, scream therapy, like everything that they were telling me to do. And none of it was helping me clear this anger. I went in, in 60 minutes At the end of this call, he goes, do this, do this, do this. He talked for the majority of the time. And I'm like, don't you want to hear about maybe where this came from? It could be linked to my child. He's childhood. He's like, nope, nope, nope. And I was like, I feel so unheard right now. Yeah, (laughs) I was like, I kind of just want somebody to listen to me for a second. He's like, that's not why you're here. Trust me. That's not what you want. And he goes, Andrea, let me ask you a question. Is it actually okay for you to not be angry anymore? And I was like, bro, that's why I'm here. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> good that's question. Why, why I came in. He goes, no, no, no. Just do me a favor and really check in. Is it okay for you to not be angry anymore? So I was like, okay, I'm a good student. I closed my eyes. I put my hand on my heart. I scanned my body. Is it okay not be angry anymore? And I was shocked when my whole body said no. Mm. And I was like, oh, shit. I looked at him and I said, no. And he goes, why? And I said, I need my anger to protect my kids. Mm. Somehow, like my mind had linked that as a source of protection of offspring. Mm. And I was like, oh. And he goes, okay, so let me ask you some more questions. And I said, perfect. He goes, if you need to protect your children, is it more useful or less useful? To, to be strategic. And I said, more useful. He says, is it more useful or less useful to have access to your intuition? I said, more useful. And he goes, is it more useful or less useful to have focus? I said, more. And he kept asking more questions. He goes, how about, how about logic? I said, more useful. And he goes, let me just tell you practically what happens in your body when you're angry. Blood leaves your brain going to your jaw making you be able to bite flesh really well, but also making you very dumb. And I'm looking at him, I'm like seeing people's face get red in my mind and like now realizing what's physiologically like happening in their bodies. And he goes, so is it more useful or less useful to have blood in your brain to keep access to that logic, strategy, intuition, focus, clarity? And I was like more. And he goes, So, is it okay if you're not angry anymore? And I said, yes. He goes, You got it. So, I'm thinking in this, not in this moment, but later on, I'm like, Wait a second. The whole healing world says that rage and anger is sacred. Mm. And I believed that shit and I taught it. (laughs) (laughs) I fucking taught it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And in one second session, I'm like, Damn, I've been fucking myself up and I've been fucking other people up, right? All of everybody, all well intentioned. Like we're all just trying to figure shit out as we move along. But at the end of this 60 minute session, he goes, he has me do all these like little exercises and he goes, now check for the anger. And I scan my whole body. And if Ed McMahon had walked in with one of those like big, huge checks and says, Andrea, if you could just feel that anger one more time, the anger that I could have felt in a heartbeat before I walked into his office. He said, I'll, and and he said, like, I'll give you this check. I would have been like, Ed, bro, like, you're going to have to check, take that check back with you. I cannot access that anger. And I kept checking my body over and over, even still to this day, years later, can't find the anger. Mm-hmm. It doesn't exist in my body anymore. And
2: mm-hmm. there was
1: nothing, any of all the traditional healing that I was told to do didn't exist. And it was so painful or painless to the point where I was laughing mm-hmm. through healing my trauma in the session. Mm. It was so gentle. And I looked at this like 65-year-old white-haired man and I was like, what the fuck did you just do to me in those exact words? (laughs) And he picked up this book and he handed it to me. And it was called Life-Changing Conversations by Dr. John Connolly, who's the founder of Rapid Resolution Therapy. And my life has never been the same. I've healed um, sexual traumas. I've healed um, physical abuse. I've healed so. I've healed money traumas. Uh, just yesterday, I just healed a fucking bad mood. I was just grumpy about something, and I for yeah. three hours I spent grumpy. And then I was like, "Wait, why don't I just clear this?" And I cleared it in like forty-five seconds. And I was mm-hmm. like, "Why did I suffer for three hours?" I know what to do here, but yeah, yeah that was like a it changed my whole life.
0: Was it the book that gave you enough healing or – because I know there's probably some people listening thinking, like, I'm going to pick up that book, Mm -hmm. obviously. I mean, your story is so compelling. Or was it the facilitation that felt necessary? Like, how can someone who's listening now – Maybe they're like the limited to version of you, like making the, I mean, 525 isn't minimum wage anymore, anywhere. I don't think maybe. No, um, not making whatever they're making, right? Like I need low hanging fruit. I need uh-huh. to start somewhere. Yeah. Um, they're listening to this podcast. so They're obviously craving growth, but would you say the book is going to really move things forward or what would you say someone truly needs to get that healing?
1: If you are living with like just very bare means right now, Dr. Connolly every single Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern does a free two-hour Zoom. Anybody can join a a single session with him. He doesn't even do single sessions, but to get on his calendar, it costs $4,500. Every single Monday, he donates his time to anybody who will show up. So start there, number one. And even if he doesn't call on you, your your unconscious mind is going to start to learn and adjust. So what I noticed is I signed up for his training to learn how to facilitate this. And um, what happened was, is as I was watching film, we were studying other people's sessions. As I was watching these films, I noticed that if I related to what was happening, it seemed so strange. I'm like, wait this feels clear for me too. And I just kept getting lighter and lighter and lighter. And now I've done at least like a hundred hours plus of training with him through either his live trainings or watching and studying film. And whenever I do this, I feel like I'm getting lighter. And I noticed that it was like my unconscious mind was just perceiving that he was talking to me. automatically started applying it to myself. Mm -hmm. And so – That was incredibly helpful. And then again, his book, I think his book is 50 bucks. So that would be another version of like watching his film because you're literally reading transcripts. So I picked up this book and as I was reading them, I was realizing like, wow, this is literally like a language guide for me as a coach. Mm -hmm. So it instantly made me a better coach. Mm -hmm. I started adjusting my language immediately. And I noticed my clients were looking at me like, Wait, what just happened? Like, where did my stress go? And i would I became a junkie, like like a this was my new version of addiction because I got to watch pain pressure just melt away from people's face. So I've been spending the last, like two-ish years learning directly from him. He's become a close friend. and I remember my very first phone call or uh, training with him. I looked at this old seventy five year old man, and I remember saying, I'm going to make that man my friend and I'm going to put him in my pocket and I'm going to take him with me everywhere I go. And now he like texts me and he calls me before he buys a car and (laughs) we're like (laughs) we become best friends. That's
0: so (laughs) cute. U-Turn friends, have you ever thought about giving a TED talk? Has that been a bucket list or a dream for you? Well, ever since my TEDx talk hit the top 100 on the internet and I've landed so many opportunities because of it, I've been so honored to make an impact, share my story, and now I'm inspired to help you do the same. For the first time ever, I have a booking team behind me with a 97% success rate in helping you book a TEDx talk. And I'm working one-on-one with clients, helping them write their story, write their TEDx talk, so that they get a lot of success with the booking. If you're interested in working together on this, if you're an author, a speaker, an entrepreneur, even a researcher of any sort, I would absolutely love for you to fill out an application. Head on over to ashleystahl.com talk. That's A-S-H-L-E-Y-S-T-A-H-L.com slash T-A-L-K. Now let's get back to this week's episode. I want to go back to this feeling you had in 2020, because I think a lot of people have it every day Mm -hmm. and I want to be real with myself that not everyone's going to pick up the book. Not everyone's going to register for the 7 PM, which by the way, we will put the show notes for you to find that, um, that feeling of like, I'm making money, but I, I still don't feel like I'm a Mm -hmm. success or I still don't feel Like it's enough. So, according to this methodology of RRT, the question would be like, I don't know, something in the neighborhood, and you can correct me, like, is it okay for you to have enough? Or what would be the question that somebody would start to tune into? Or is it okay? Is it safe for you to be making? I don't even know. Um, Where would somebody begin with that feeling of like, I'm making money, but I never feel like I have enough because I think with the majority of this country and credit card debt and not having a savings, most people genuinely feel that. Mm -hmm. And there's this disempowerment amount around money. And even like with inflation right now, one thing I really don't like about the coaching industry that I'm sure you could relate to is like, sometimes there's a lot of empowerment talk, which is really cool, but it It disregards the very real elements of the world that we're in, right? Like um, inflation or the Facebook ads market has changed. And it doesn't mean that people can't succeed with those things, but it means it's harder or it's more expensive or that there's something different going on that is very real for people. And it almost feels very invalidating and toxic sometimes in the personal development space where it's like, you've done it before, you could do it again, or anger moves things along, feel that anger. It's like we're we're being told too much shit without questioning it. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the person who is listening right now saying, I don't know if I'm going to read this book, I feel discouraged, but there's a little tiny opening and I want to think that maybe things can change for me. What's a question that you can ask them um, that could help them start to unravel this feeling of I'm never going to have enough. I'm never going to make ends meet. I can't make it happen.
1: The first question that comes to mind is how can I adapt to this very real situation and validate yourself like this is real. This is challenging, but there is always an opportunity to adapt when we're willing to seek it right and sometimes i don't think it's a willingness i not i think i know like our mind is programmed to look for problems so when you, if somebody says like oh you're just being a pessimist or something like that no 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 <laughs> you're not anything like just like i did at the guy at the bar last night when he goes oh you're bad and i was just like delete i do not accept like i don't claim any identity statements like that 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 don't feel really powerful for me and so I want to say, number one, you're not bad with money. Number two, I'm going to explain to you why you have that feeling. Um, and then number three, I'm going to give you the first question is how can I adapt to this very real situation? And then question number two is where am I already resourced? Hmm. So when I was a, um, when I was in network marketing, that was my very first business that I grew to a million dollars. And, I started with nothing. Like we were living barely paycheck to paycheck. I had to sign up for that opportunity on the last little bit of room that we had on a credit card. Like we, it was my husband and I would have arguments over him stopping to buy a $2 Mountain Dew. Like it was a rough financial time for us. And I wanted to go to the live events because they're like, this is where people have their breakthroughs. And I'm like, I don't want to miss my opportunity for my breakthrough. Like, And like the hype was real because there is something about being in community with people, but I'm like, how the hell am I going to get there? So I didn't know enough to ask at this time the question, where am I resourced? But what came to mind for me to do was for me to not go grocery shopping and to eat out of our cabinets and make really weird meals for a couple of weeks. And that $200 that I would have spent on groceries bought me a plane ticket. So Mm -hmm. I was resourced in my cabinet where I wasn't resourced in my bank account. So the question is, where are you resourced currently right now? And that resource may not Be all of the resources that you need to take the next step. That's okay because we just need to then start stacking resources. If you're resourced here, where else are you resourced? Are you resourced in information? We all are. Like there's so much information in this world. You guys could build a billion dollar business without ever paying for coaching. There's just too much free, amazing information on the internet now. Right. But it's when we think, when this thought occurs to us that this isn't enough, your mind, stops working on your behalf and looking for more resources because you've just disengaged it and suggested that you don't need any any more information or support, right? So start with acknowledging yourself. This is challenging. Also looking for evidence in which, here's the third one, look for evidence in which you've already overcome either a challenge or if you can find a similar challenge even better. So I have a, an Instagram quote and I put this in my um, program called underdog. It's, and I said, um, become a motherfucking FBI agent looking for evidence in which you're already winning. Mm. I am not one of those coaches. I teach manifestation. I teach law of attraction and all of that stuff, but I'm not the one that says have faith mm. because you don't need it look mm-hmm. for evidence. The evidence already exists in your life showing you where you're already winning and what I want for you and what I see for you is that you're going to start to actually feel that sensation of sureness. Mm-hmm. So that sureness is going to give you the motivation to again take another step. So mm-hmm. I'm looking for to help you um to help you kind of like hack your energy. And when you can hack your energy, you kind of open yourself up even a little bit more energetically for receiving energetically, meaning more like, um, like quantum physics and law of attraction and stuff like that. Mm. So that's. That those three steps I would say, like, start with those are super practical. I use those almost every single day in my business.
0: Okay, so one question I think a lot of people are maybe gonna have, and I hope people can hear the Florida storm that's happening right now because I love the storms so much. Do you love them, Andrea? Like, I just think they're the freaking best. (laughs) Um, okay, so. I think a lot of people might struggle to figure out how to answer the question, where do I have resources or where am I resourced? Mm -hmm. Like I know that in my perception, I'm resourced in my network, not from a business transaction standpoint, but from like a nourishment standpoint, like I've got community. I have people that will show up for me. I have people that love me and that I love them um, in any way. Right. Mm Right. Um, so that's an area that I feel resourced. I feel abundant. Um, what are some other areas that people listening might realize that they're resourced? Just so that we can help them start to ideate around where this abundance, opportunity, um, capability, and support exists for them.
1: Yeah, if you don't already have a community yet, it's so easy to build. I built I built my whole community on the internet through free yeah. Facebook groups at first. And now through Instagram, all of my best friends, I met on the internet.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Andrea and I were connected through a mutual friend and I actually met Rachel Luna through the internet and and totally supported her in some random way. She needed help. And, Mm -hmm. you know, five, six, seven years later, we're just still friends there and showing up. And I know you guys are very close, which is special. Um, Okay. So community is kind of like very straightforward, I think. It's like there's a lot of abundance through the people that you know. Um, I think a lot of people might resonate with like, yeah, I've got a few friends, but they might feel this judgment of like, I can't ask them for help. I can't see them as a space that I quote unquote take from. What would be your thoughts around someone seeing the people in their life as resourcing? Um, And what are some other resourced areas that you think people might have.
1: Yes. So I would say one of one of the things that I've led with when I have built new connections online is what do I have to offer first? Can yeah. I offer somebody something? So start a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Bring people onto your podcast and invite them into um into your world if you already have a platform. If you don't already have a platform, the que- I always like to like start with a question because I'm like, I can give you guys practical strategy and all the things that worked for me. But what I'm looking for is the idea that you're going to have the most buy-in on. So going back to like, where am I resourced in knowledge. Where am I resourced in skill? Where am I resourced in life experience? Is there someone that I can offer to bring that life experience, that skill, um, that thoughtfulness, even just like lending a practical hand? Maybe it's somebody in my actual community. Maybe I go volunteer in like somebody's office or something like that. So um, start with a question. Like where – if I already had what I was looking for, where would I look first? If I had an idea that would support me, who would be a great person to brainstorm with. So bring value to the table. I promise you, you have some, even if your value is just being an excellent listener. So that's number one. Number two, there's a lot of people in this world with a tremendous amount of skill and they love to share it. And so they actually feel like they're getting when they're giving. So you're thinking that like you're just taking and there's no return, but some people, like if you're into human design, um, are just built to respond and they feel the sensation of energy from it. I love it when people DM and ask me questions because sometimes that turns into my next piece of content or an email, maybe when I'm feeling like energetically dry. So even if I don't answer someone in a DM, it goes into my content queue and I'll like do a whole podcast on it, you know, it's over $1,700 to do a private session with me, but you DM me a question and I might actually give you a free 45-minute training on a podcast. So like there's so many different ways to get what you need, even if you just start with like Google or go use the search feature and and the podcast app, like it's already existing. So you could say to yourself, if the answer to my question already exists, where would I look first? Where in fact, I'm going to make that even juicier for you. Where is the most appealing, interesting place to look first?
0: Love that. This reminds me of Mary Morrissey's work. I don't know if you've, um, she asked a question on stage once of where can I go or what can I do with what I have now from where I am now to get closer to and fill in the blank, whatever it is that you want, right? And she she would have us, you know, and I, I wasn't a student of hers, just a friend who invited me to support her at an event. Um, where she was speaking there and people were writing down lists of like, these are all the ideas that I can do. And and what's important I think with ideation is not blocking your energy and not blocking your creativity. So don't use the eraser. Don't scratch things out. Just write, right? Like free form. What, what can you do? You could be an Uber driver. You could be an Instacart deliver. Like there are so many things you could do, right? Oh my gosh. Whether yeah. you like the idea or not. And then it's like star the ones that feel fun. So there was an era in my coaching business that I really felt connected to counterterrorism me, which I don't so much anymore, but I really wanted to help women in the White House who were burnt out because after making $5 million in two months and then losing all my money 10 years ago or whatever years ago, five years ago, um, I felt really burnt out. And when I overcame that and I got my energy back... I really wanted to help women in the White House because I resonated with that government life and the burnout that came from that. And as an entrepreneur with a master's in psychology and all these things, I was so excited to use my skills for them. And I wrote that question down and it's very similar. So if you could repeat your question, I want everyone to write it down of um, how they could come up with ideas. Go ahead.
1: If I already had the answer or already had an answer or already had a step where is the most appealing or interesting place that i would look first yeah. i've asked the people this too when they're like well i don't have the money for that and i'm like but if you did where would you look right right and some of them are like whoa i totally forgot i loaned this person this amount of money 6 months ago yeah. right like and and they wouldn't have even it wouldn't have occurred to them if they hadn't just simply asked themselves like if i if I already had what I was seeking, where would I look? Now, that doesn't always mean it's like you're going to find money in somebody else's pocket, but there's, we live in such a resourced world, at least if we start with information. It is the digital information age where you can find an answer to any single question on the internet and it's accessible to all of us at our fingertips immediately.
0: Yes. And I was going to say like people underestimate the power of books. It's like Mm. People are putting their life's work in 300 pages. People ask me all the time. It's like after my book hit the bestseller list in Asia, people are like, Oh, are you going to do another book deal? I'm like, I have nothing the fuck left to say. That book (laughs) is what I've got to say. And, you know, like I'm in an era right now where we're licensing my content out in different, um, like different book deals in different languages, different, like taking my courses, putting it in different languages. I'm in multiply right now because I don't have yeah. anything new to say. That's how powerful books are. And I think yeah. um, where people kind of, for lack of a better term, go wrong, I think when it comes to reading, is people sometimes project like, I need a good book to read. Recommend a good book. Mm-hmm. I think the problem with that line of thinking is that to me, I consume books like I'm thirsty on a, in a desert mm-hmm. when I have an itch to scratch. And so I think the my tip for anyone who wants to get started reading is get really honest with yourself of like where do you have a fucking itch to scratch? Like is it around money? Is it around a, a heartbreak you're dealing with in your relationship? Read where you're itchy because it's not going to be fun to just read a quote-unquote good book if you're not feeling like i don't want to say pain but like yearning and thirst for that information it sounds obvious but it's not people buy books all the time that they're not thirsty to read mm-hmm. um and so i would say that let's take this also beyond like resourcing with people or money let's say that somebody feels really stuck really low energy i have a lot of thoughts on this and i feel like everyone who listens to the show It's like they know my thoughts. Um, I want to know, what are your thoughts around like, I'm stuck, I have low energy, I'm not motivated, I feel scattered. How do you get that kind of resourcing?
1: Um, Well, let's start with the scattered piece first. Most of the time, people use that language when they have ideas that are floating around in mind and it's very abstract. There is nothing tangible to it, which creates a sensation or a feeling that feels like energy is just kind of like bouncing around in you. Like there's a lack of groundedness. And so I'm a huge believer or a huge fan of those like giant post-it notes. And I say, get all your ideas on paper. Like you were talking about, don't scratch anything out. Just get anything that's in your mind onto paper and then take a deep breath. Hold your post-it note and say, I thought it had me. Now I have it. I thought it had me, now I have it because that sensation was creating this like an undesirable feeling. Some might even say like it's physical pain or suffering because it can be frustration, a feeling of feeling behind, a feeling of feeling unclear. And People hire and pay coaches like us a lot of money to help them get that clarity and most of the time, the first thing that I'm telling people who are running seven-figure businesses even is – When's the last time you got all that on paper? It's like so practical. Yeah. And yet we forget because we're in like the vibration of the problem. So get it all out on paper, hold it in your hands. You don't have, you need a giant post-it note. You could just use a notepad. I just happen to like those. Um, and then hold it in your hands and say, I thought it had me. Now I have it. So you show your unconscious. That you actually have control of all of the things that it was perceiving as problematic and potentially threatening for some reason, right? And now you're holding it. And those deep cleansing breaths help start to clear some of that. So that's, like, the first step for, like, scatteredness or clarity is get it all. And on paper, use that mantra. Um, I have another fun – I'm thinking, like, can I – Can I do a good enough job describing how to do this through audio? I think I can. Yeah, I believe you can. Oh, thank you. Yeah, girl. (laughs) I felt like I just got a gold star. I'm a Virgo. I love those.
0: (laughs) If you ever want a gold star, girl, you just shoot me a text like I got you.
1: My my COO is like a gold star fanatic. So every okay. time somebody does something really well, she sends a, a star emoji and we're all just like we feel so seen and loved. Okay. Um so take something and I'm going to I'm going to give a caveat to this. This works with a lot of things, but it doesn't work with everything. And so give this a try and I want you to do it twice. And if you still feel a sensation of like pain or suffering, like I always just book an RRT session, go to rapidresolutiontherapy.com, find an RRT therapist. Some are more expensive than others. Dr. Connolly is obviously very expensive. He's the founder. He's who I go to. But if you need somebody who's a little bit more like economically priced, there's a lot of different people. So make some phone calls. If you're an entrepreneur, I say like the return on investment of one of those phone calls is, is astronomical. But this works so well that this is gonna help you a lot. Like people pay me thousands of dollars for this one little tip. So please save this podcast, share with a friend. Your guys's brains are about to be blown. Okay. So you're gonna be my, you're gonna be my example, Ashley. So can you think of something right now that's creating a sensation of like stress or frustration, any sort of like physical pain in the body?
0: Yeah. Like physical pain from emotional pain, technically like a feeling. Yeah. Like actually lately I was telling you before we hit record, like I have had so much success, whether it's like financial fulfillment creation in what I've been doing for the past 10 years. And I feel so much transition. Like I don't have another book to write right now. Mm -hmm. I've been buying real estate, but I don't feel fully behind anything yet that's new. I don't feel fully like I'm going to go do this thing. And so I feel kind of scattered and it makes me feel like even though I'm able to help my clients and be a facilitator and use these skills I know, it's like I can't use them the same way on myself.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And so I just feel kind of freaking stuck of like, I know what I've done in the past and I don't know what I want to do in the future. And it makes me feel like not scared, maybe, maybe scared, but Sad, like sad, like, oh, I want to do something and I don't know where to put it.
1: Spaciousness can be really s- scary energy for some people.
0: I have yeah. a ton of it. Like, people don't know this, but a lot of the coaches who have hired me to like mentor them in their business, it's because I literally work two hours a day
2: mm-hmm.
0: and I've created a business, multiple six figures. I don't really work that much, but I want to work and I don't know where to put myself. Mm-hmm. And I feel sad about that. So yeah, like spaciousness has been working for me and something just freaking shifted where I'm like, "Oh, there's so much space, I want to use it now and I don't yeah. know where to put it."
1: Okay. So, you're in the space where we're like puzzle pieces are being collected, but you can't make the full picture yet. Yeah. And so if you're practically putting together a puzzle that can feel um you would be like, "No, this isn't problematic. It's just that I haven't collected all the pieces yet." Yeah. Right. And so you're trying different pieces. Some of them work and they slide right in. It's a perfect fit. You get that little like burst of satisfaction and then you try other pieces and it doesn't fit. And in real life, people are thinking like, people are thinking, oh, that puzzle piece didn't fit. And then a story comes up. A yeah. meaning gets automatically assigned. This is happening automatically without your permission, guys. Your mind just does this. Yeah. <laughs> Or you to You sometimes always (laughs) well-intentioned. Yeah. Like we're subscribing without hitting the button, unfortunately. Yeah. (laughs) Always well-intentioned. My mind is my friend. My mind is my ultimate best friend, but my mind is an irrational three-year-old sometimes. So we don't always trust three-year-olds, do we? No, (laughs) they're crazy. (laughs) Sometimes fun, but crazy. (laughs) Right. Okay. But if we're like putting together a puzzle we're thinking like, it's okay that these pieces didn't fit because I'm just going to grab another one and I'm going to go through like trial and error until I find the next one. So that's kind of the place that you're in right now that if you apply the concept of puzzling to it, it's okay. And in fact, not only is it okay, it should be like that. Yeah. The simple thought of it shouldn't be happening it shouldn't be like this instantly creates pressure in the body and that's not useful because you start to compromise clarity when you're more focused on pressure if you're focused on internal sensation of pressure or sadness or not you're you're not looking outward at potential and possibility so what we want to do is we want to dr- redirect the the lens outward and so what we do by that is is make it okay that the sensations exist. In fact, expect them, they should be, and then reassociate it with some sort of puzzle. So that's a metaphor that we could use, but that's not what I'm going to teach you to do right now. So what I want you to do is I want you to take that, you described it as a sadness. And if you could place that sadness in a physical place, like maybe your microphone Mm -hmm. down on your, is your microphone on your left? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So pick a spot on your lower left, and for you, you could just do your microphone, and I want you to put that feeling. So mm-hmm. for you, it's a little bit of sadness. Put that feeling in the mic. So visibly look at it and just place the feeling in the mic, and the mic is just going to hold it. So mm-hmm. if for me, I see a little – I see a coffee cup on my – um, on my – desk. It doesn't matter what you're looking at. It could be a spot on the wall. I've done this at a bar. (laughs) Uh Um, I've done this in all different kinds of weird places. You guys can take this with you anywhere you want. And so place that sensation in a visual anchor in front of you. And I actually like the right better. I'm going to ask you to put it somewhere on your right. Um, so I'm going to use my water on my right hand side, and then place – so go pick your visual anchor, place it somewhere on your right. You got it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now look up to your left. Perfect. And I want you to keep your head still, but your eyes are going to move left to right in a horizontal pattern. Yep. Just like that. So head stay still, eyes move left to right. Perfect. Left to right. Exactly. in a perfect as if they were going over a horizon. So nice and straight. Perfect. And as eyes go left to right, mind is going to call your attention now to a moment where it was a peak elevated moment in your life, maybe even a moment of like awe or total pleasure. First thing that comes to mind as soon as you got it, stop moving your eyes. You got it? Now place that in a visual anchor up on your left side. So pick a, yep. So if you guys are listening, when your eyes stop, pick a new visual anchor up where you're already looking and place that peak elevated moment into a visual anchor. You got it? Probably like a spot on your wall? Mm-hmm. Okay, perfect. Now, your eyes are going to go back down to the, um, the frustration where you just placed it on your lower right mm-hmm. and then lift it up into the pleasure anchor spot. So you're gonna just go bounce back and forth between your two anchors and go back and forth. So look down, yep, and then up and down and then up. And as you go back and forth and you, yep, just like that, and you go down from one point to the other, you're gonna lift the pain into the pleasure. You're gonna lift the pain into the pleasure Take some cleansing breaths as you do this. And as you do this, mind is going to dial down the pain as if it were on a radio dial. So if it were at a six or a seven or even an eight, you're going to just go back and forth until you dial it all the way down to a zero. One isn't good enough. We want it all the way down to a zero. So take a deep breath. Check for the sadness. The lawless. Mhm. Okay. So if you've got it down and it's late and it's less but it's not a zero, we're going to just do this one more time. So I told you guys try it once, you might need to do it twice. So what we're going to do is we're going to do the same thing. Keep your keep your um your sadness in the same anchor point. Look back up to your left. And this time, eyes go back and forth left to right in a horizontal pattern. Yeah. Look up to your left, keep your head still. Good job. The only thing moving is the eyes in a horizontal pattern left to right. And then again, mind will call your attention to another moment, a moment where it was total belly laugh. Like, first thing that comes to mind, like maybe you almost even like peed a little. Maybe you were with a friend, a family member, maybe you're just laughing at yourself, completely ridiculous. But first thing that comes to mind, stop moving your eyes as soon as you got it. You got it? Tell me what happened.
0: I was in Bali with my best friend, and I was wearing like this kind of like um local outfit and I was trying and it was like very like fabricy and I was trying to look like a bat flying through the street with
1: this like fabricy <laughs> outfit <laughs> amazing, amazing yeah. okay, so look back up at that yeah, and I want you to see that being a weird bat in Bali. <laughs> I feel like that's like a subject line of an email. (laughs) And then I want you to go back down to the pain one more time to the sadness and then go back, back and forth. Lift the sadness up into the bat and the Bali, like the bat dress and Bali and dial that all the way down to a zero. Take deep breath.
2: Yeah, I can't feel it anymore. Yeah, you're done.
1: Done, huh?
0: Yeah, I guess anyone who's listening and doing this, they're probably going to ask, well, what if it comes back? And I'm guessing the answer is you do it again.
1: Uh, It likely won't come back around the same topic, and I'll tell you why. So if you didn't get it all the way down to a zero, you might have something come back up, but that's okay. Again, like you can take this anywhere. It's a free resource. This will change your life. I do this in bars. I do it on planes. I do it anywhere. But the reason why is because can you think of a moment right now where you had a fight with someone and the next day you're like, what was that? That was so ridiculous. And you guys are almost like laughing at it. Yeah. That's an event that processed properly. Oh. Ideally. Now, I bet you can also think of a moment that you're still mad about a decade later or more. Or you're frustrated or you're sad about or you're resentful about or you're disappointed about. Like... The the moment has long since passed. You can think about it and there's still instant emotion and charge around it, right? Mm-hmm. That's an event that did not process properly. Mm. So what happens is, is sometimes it's almost like there's a stuckness. So if you and I went to the beach together and we were like hanging with little kids and we were going to build like sand castles and all of this stuff and one of our little like three feet friends says, make me a sand cake, Ashley and Andrea. And we're like, we got this. We can make sand cakes. So we make like this three tier cool sand cake and and our little like tiny height impaired friends say... "Um, say, please put sprinkles on it, Andrea and Ashley. And we're like, no problem. So we grab like a colander or a strainer and we um, get some sand and a bunch of the sand goes through, but then there's some chunks that just have a lot of moisture in it. There's nothing wrong with the sand, right? And there's nothing wrong with the colander. It's just that there's moisture in it. So it's not processing through. So what happens is, is that when we start to use things like symboli- symbolism and metaphor and stuff like that, it's like taking a hairdryer to the moisture so that the sand can process through properly. So what we just did was mind was perceiving that there was a problem with the fact that you had spaciousness. In reality, spaciousness has a huge ROI and you know that. Yeah, But the the logic and the emotion were not synchronized. And what we just did was we synchronized it. We used the puzzle metaphor and then we cleared the emotion around it. And so now the spaciousness, you can look at it and be like, oh, of course. It's just that that puzzle piece didn't work. Let me just grab another one. Mm -hmm. And that makes sense. And there's something to be done and even energy to do it with. Whereas before you might've been a little bit more distracted because that lens was just focused inward on sensation versus outward looking for that next puzzle piece. And we re- redirected the lens.
0: Andrea, you're so powerful. I'm so lucky to be friends with you. And I'm so grateful that you could come on. And I, I know that this episode is going to be very helpful for people who listen, which feels really good. Um, where can everybody best keep learning from you? Because I know you have a gazillion online courses and mm-hmm. so much content to share and people need it. So where would be a great place for everybody to start?
1: Um, if you find me on Instagram and you, you DM me the word wealth, you'll get some free guided visualizations. My, I could never spend it all on my motherfucking millionaire. Um, meditation. What most people don't know is there's a secret link on the other side of that. If you do want to work really closely with me, one of my most um, like economically friendly programs is normally 155, but it's either 37 or 38 on the other side of that um, free guided wealth visualization. In there, you guys are going to learn exactly what I just did with Ashley, which was, and even you guys this whole time, where I was realigning you with words that actually created more power and energy in the body every single time. It's not about the narrative. It's about how the narrative makes you feel and if the narrative causes energy and power into your body to get you to be able to change your circumstances. So I teach you guys exactly how to do that. Um if you guys learn this, you guys will be unstoppable. Like, of Mm. course I have a million different programs that would help you. Like my program, WAP, um, Wealth Alignment um, Patterns is all around like reprogramming your money patterns. And I do that for you through rapid resolution therapy. That's a $2,500 program and it's served a lot of people, but man, this little like $38, $37 program, I can't remember which is such a great start. Like You will get so far with it. Thank you so much
0: for this. You're such a gem.
1: You too. I love hanging with you. You
2: too.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning into the U-Turn Podcast. And thank you again so much for our sponsors. We are here because of you. And to our listeners,